Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 346. Welcome to another episode of The Family from the Heart, a podcast that is devoted to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of the Ravenscraft family, a family that has given up on the ordinary to pursue the lives for which they were created. Now, here are your hosts, Cliff and Stephanie. That's right, my friends. We are back with another episode of Family from the Heart, one that hopefully will be better than last week. <laughs> last week wasn't terrible. It, it, it just started terrible. That's exactly. It wasn't terrible, but it started terrible. If, if you started last week's episode and didn't make it to the end, there was a there was a bright light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, it was dim, but it, <laughs> it was, was a dim light. Better than the light it started with. <laughs> How are you? doing today I, crap, i'm okay I, I said i was gonna stop asking but, you that but you're not i'm not gonna stop asking well that. you know what you should stop doing what should i stop doing you should stop doing you should stop saying let's do this before you hit record because like nobody says that anymore i do you're showing your age i don't well i hey i'm one year older now than i was before so your, your age is showing it doesn't matter Okay. Let's do this. Ugh, yeah. Why, why? You give me the hardest time about things that I say. I, I'm not allowed to torch calories anymore. No. Oh my gosh. No. You not guys should have seen what, I mean, the reaction that my wife gave me. I mean, you talk about stink eye. All right. I didn't get stink eye. It's I terrible. Got, the other day, I, it's I, terrible. I was at the gym it was in front of our personal trainer and and I sit there and I and I was saying something and you said listen if you ever post that you've torched calories again I, I don't even remember what you said but it was pretty harsh yeah it probably was but what what is the big deal it's like it's, hey i torched 900 calories that's it's bad i burned them they it, they right. melted away both fine words to use well, it's, what why i don't know it's like our daughter she can't stand the word moist no she cannot it, which i'm gonna say moist at least three more times in this episode because she happens to be watching us while she's in high school yeah in her class right now watching us on facebook live i don't know she we've probably already bored her she's gone no <laughs> well of course here you want to see her go away it is so moist outside <laughs> anyway what, what is, you're gonna have to torture calories inside exactly. she hates you she hates me. All right. So what is it about the word torch? It's not the word. It's the way you say it. I I, I torched 900 yeah, calories. It, yeah. how, how would I, fl- I used a flamethrower <laughs> to melt 900 calories while I was on the elliptical today. Okay. But you didn't. That Okay. Hypothetically speaking, I raised the thermal okay um, temperature. we need to move on i don't know what it is it's just not cool it's just not cool it's just not cool I, wait a second are you telling me that when we got married you thought you were marrying somebody that was quote unquote cool no i knew better <laughs> so why after 19 and a half because years of marriage prove do you it every time you open your mouth prove what that you're not cool <laughs> Thanks, babe. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too. This, my friends, is is why I remain humble. <laughs> okay, as humble as I am. <laughs> as humble as you are. That's a joke within itself. You like that? I do. Oh my goodness. You keep me grounded, woman. All right, That's so my job. I decided that last week something had to be done about the <laughs> format of this show. <laughs> Because here's the deal. I don't know if we said this in last week's episode, but I know that we had this conversation afterwards. But a couple episodes ago, it was called, the episode title was The Wild Hair, or I think it was called The Wild Hair. I think so. And you and I had this conversation where we were talking about something that we were both genuinely passionate about. You had your perspective on my waffling back and forth on not making a clear decision or at least making a decision and then changing it, right? And and it was a very lively conversation. You came alive, I came alive. It was a conversation about something that mattered deeply to us. And somebody said, hey, later, they they emailed me, Cliff, I found you on Facebook the other day, or, or, or t- today, because it was later that day. 
and I saw you on uh, Broadcasting Family from the Heart. Man, I've never listened to that show. Is every episode that good? And I said, no, <laughs> please, please, absolutely not. Um, most of the time, I mean, if, if I was the rate on a scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being the greatest, the wild hair episode would be a problem. I would rate that a 10. That was as far as the purpose and what I, the vision that I have for this show, I'd say that it is a 10. And we're on episode number 346. And I would say out of the 346 episodes that we have done, I would say that about 50 to 60 of those episodes have been a 10. And I would say probably about another 100 or more have been somewhere between an 8 and a 9. And right before we took a very long hiatus over the summer of this past year, I would say we were hovering around a 3 to a 6 most of the time. Okay. And you and I both, I mean, we've shared it in the episodes. Like, guys, uh, hello, this week, this is what we did. Um, you know, and, and I'd say, what's new in your world, Stephanie? Not really anything. My life's the same this week as it was last week. And and we came behind the microphone just at a loss for the, what is it that we're doing? Other than the fact that we love coming here and having conversation with one another. And we've shared that there are times in our lives uh, as, over the course of these past eight years that we've been doing the show that there have been times when this is pretty much our biggest conversation throughout the week. It's not so much now. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the show has suffered so much is because outside of the I'll po- stop talking to you outside the podcast. Outside of the podcast, you, you and I have had a, a lot more lengthy conversations throughout the week that have been so meaningful and deep that when we get behind the microphone, it's like we've already talked about the, the big important stuff. And when we've come here, it's been a, a real struggle. And so a couple months ago, we brought Family from the Heart back when the kids got back in school. And one of the things that we said is like, man, it would be great if we had, um, what is being added to my Dropbox? Somebody's drop dropping drops into my Dropbox and I don't know who has access to it. I'm sitting right here. It's not me. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. Okay, never mind. So, um I'm just seeing notifications pop up left and right on my screen. I'm like, wait a second, what is that? But now I know. Little side tangent there. Where was I at? What was I saying? Do you you weren't even listening, were you? <laughs> she's shaking her head. No. no. You she's, lost me. She's like, like when is he ago. gonna let me talk? You, you, when we came back from hiatus, you said that um, oh, we, we prefer questions. We prefer questions. And so we were getting a couple questions trickle in here and there, and and that was great. And that gave us some things to talk about and and stuff. And I'm like Wait a second. It's not the responsibility of our community to give us content to talk about. It, I mean, if we are, if we want to create content and expect people to listen, we need to come up with valuable stuff to share. And it's like, how can we have a little bit more of what happened two weeks ago in the wild hair episode? And you said... What? I don't know what I said. Well, you said it, it, it's diff- it, it, we definitely can't try to manufacture that. That's what I said. And that's what I was just going to say. And that's kind of what I feel like you're trying to do right now, mm-hmm. although I'm willing to play along. So. Right. Although I really only have an answer to one of the questions that you emailed me. And why like, is that? Because I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, let's just, I mean, okay. We're going to so, go. I'm, I'm going to answer. So what I did But is, I'm not going to dwell on them for like three days like you are. Okay. So here's the situation that I went out and developed my own set of questions. Like deep thought conversation or conversational starter questions. Mm-hmm. These are questions that, you know, I found through an ebook that I got from my friend Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Uh, over at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And I also went and found conversation starters on Google. I just did a search for it. And so I found all of these conversation starters and I thought maybe I'll create a list of these, have them for us to have conversation about things that matter, deeper things than this is what we did this week. Although we'll still bring in things that we did this week. I mean, when it's more than just out of the ordinary routine, everything's the same as what we did last week. So there's still going to be that. 
But right. I would love to have converse, I would love to have conversations about things that matter to us, things that are, you know, deep thought about what are we thinking, what are we feeling, what do we, what are our hopes, and what are our dreams, and and in my mind, that's more of the original vision that we had when we launched this show eight years ago. Okay. Do you agree with that statement? I don't remember what the original. Well, I mean, if you think about the original podcast episodes of Family from the Heart, I mean, remember we we came and we prepared and we we did the we five threats to marital and, oneness. We yeah. talked about uh, we we would read a book together and we'd come and talk about a chapter by chapter analysis of the five love love languages. And we, we had we came with content of of topics that we were deeply passionate about and and you know living debt free and and stuff like that the problem is is that after eight years we've covered most of the things that we've been passionate about so you you pretty much you get left with this is what we did last week and in in my mind it was just getting a little boring so i have some questions and what i did is i chose five of them and i have a long list of questions Mm -hmm. But I chose five of them, and I sent these questions to you just in case you wanted to ponder them before before the episode. What? Nothing. I sat down yesterday and and like blocked out forty five minutes of my time to answer these questions myself, <laughs> so right. that I could bring it to the table. But I realized that you like to think off the top of your head, and you think that you might not have an answer to any more than one. But I, my guess is that even though you don't have answers prepared ahead of time. My guess is that you're still going to have something valuable to say. So, the first thing... The problem is thinking that I ever have something valuable to say. You always have something valuable to say. Okay. You do? All right. All right. So, here's the first question. And this one is not really a deep thought with Jack Handy, uh, which is a Saturday Night Live reference. But here's here's the first question. Downton Abbey. Yes. All right. So... You and I both have been, did, did you agree with me that Downton Abbey is by far, hands down, the single greatest television show, series, from beginning, from the first episode to the last episode, hands down the best television ever produced in the history of television? I believe so. So you agree with that statement? I, I think so. Okay, good. So if you guys have not watched Downton Abbey, Seasons one through five are available as an Amazon Prime member for free. It's automatically included in your Prime membership if you have it. And season six, series six is now being broadcast in the United States on PBS. Right. And we have maybe found an alternate way to actually watch the end of the series. But what I can tell you is that I miss Downton Abbey. It is the best television show ever. And my question, Stephanie, is for you and I to both answer this. What is it about this television show that we found it so compelling? And just to state, for the record, if you haven't seen Downton Abbey at all and you now are kind of intrigued, we will do this in a spoiler-free way. We won't give you major plot lines or anything like that. So don't worry about, we're not even going to spoil the first season for you. Uh, because we believe this is the best television ever. And if you haven't seen any of it, we encourage you to check it out. So with that, Stephanie, why do you find this show so compelling? I think that in the beginning, it was my fascination with England and that time period. Um, Wait a second. You're reading my que- my answers. I absolutely am not. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Um, We... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan said that I'm cheating on One Tree Hill, which is by far one of my favorite television shows ever. Mm-hmm. But the writing and and the um, the acting and the ensemble of Downton are far superior to that show. Yeah. Um, and if she ever watched it, she would know that. Um, okay. I, I would watch... Spoke Downton. directly to our daughter, who really should be doing her work at school. Well, she said her teacher's not there, and she's finished with all of her work. And uh-huh. so this is okay. a more productive use of her time than just sitting there passing notes. Okay. <laughs> they don't pass notes anymore. They <laughs> just text back and forth. I'm sorry. Whatever. So, um, See, I'm no, no, showing no. my age again. You are. It, um, 
seriously, my fascination with England and the, and the time period. I think season one starts in 1914. Is that right? It's like right after the... It's the sinking of the, the, sinking the, of the Titanic. Titanic. And... Um, it's 1912, I 12? think. 12, okay. And, and then it covers a, a span of time. But I love... Okay, hands down, the costumes. Seriously. Phenomenal. If it would be appropriate to make that my closet for everyday wear, I would do that. Although I'd look pretty silly at the gym. <laughs> um, the Anything that comes out of Maggie Smith's mouth, not even kidding. Anything that comes out of her mouth is fantastic. Yes. Seriously. You could, you could spout one-liners for the rest of your life just off the six seasons of that show from her character. Absolutely. Um, I, so I think I watched it because I watched it because of the time period and, and England. And I hadn't yet been to England yet when I started watching this show. So it really was just my fascination with, they have so much history and they have just all of these anyway. And the, it's all proper and it's, I just, I love the idea of those things. Yeah. Well, and then you watch episode one and you're like, this is freaking phenomenal. And then you're glued. Yeah. So that's, that would be my answer to that. Awesome. Can I ask you, did you, you talked about the fact that from season. That was even spoiler free. Thank you very much. Yes, it was. You did awesome. Uh, So from season one to season five, we had not been to England. Right. But, you know, we had been to England and all through the United Kingdom um, uh, in between that and season six, Mm -hmm. this final season. Did you feel any, did you, number one, when we were in England, did the way that you remember the fictional history of of this aristocracy uh, in the show, did it actually cause you to think of England in our visit there in a certain way? And then coming back to season six, did you think of, did you think about the show differently knowing that you'd been in this area and seen some of these homes and stuff like that? Actually, I don't think I did. Okay. I don't know that I ever actually connected the two while, right. um, because it had been so when we went, when it we had went been in so June, far. it had been six months since we had, or actually it was July. So it'd been six months since we had started season five. And, um, but honestly, the only thing I could think of when we were in England was how bad my foot hurt. So, yeah. I, here's a question: If Steph was a character in the show uh, in Downton Abbey, who would you be? Oh, let me think on that for a minute. All right. Okay. I would be Branson. You probably would be. Yeah, I, I just because I like his outspoken. I would probably nature. be Mary because I like to bite people's head off, and and I her would, and Branson work well together. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with that. I love that. All right. So here, would you like to hear some of the prepared uh-huh. responses that I had? So here, number one, my first thing is I was fascinated by the period, a fictionalized account of the bit of what it, life might have been like, but might have been like for the British aristocracy. Mm-hmm. All right. I love the set of the show, which is filmed at Highclere Castle in North Hampshire. Um, I just love the, you know, touring these big, huge estates. And I've been to, you know, we've gone to the Vanderbilt. Or mm-hmm. Is it the Vanderbilt? Is that what it's? Biltmore. That, the Biltmore is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, so it's the Biltmore. We had been to the Biltmore for years, uh, uh, several times. And then we, of course, visited several uh, large homes while we were there in, mm-hmm. in England as well. So just to think that these weren't like almost, you know, these weren't, tourist attractions that families lived there and what life and servants would have been like that's crazy to think about and so even at the Biltmore they had servants quarters and it never really dawned on me that they lived there that That is their life exactly And, and so I know it's a fictionalized story and trust me it is fictional but still it's a fun glimpse into a different world um, I love the ensemble cast that they have. Of course, uh, basically they have characters that are make up the noble Crawley family, the aristocracy, but they also have their domestic servants. And the char- the way they have written those characters, I believe, far exceeds the depth 
of the characters of Lost. Yes. I mean, it's incredible. The Jillian Fellows, uh, Jillian Fellows is the person who wrote Downton Abbey. Absolutely fabulous writer and just absolutely brilliant. I, incredible character and incredible co- cast. Uh, w- with Maggie Smith and Hugh Bonneville and then all the other ones that, you know, Laura Carmichael, just amazing cast. Uh, I loved how they covered his real historical events that may have impacted yes. these phys- phys- fictional characters. Uh, so there, we talked about the fact that they cover how the sinking of the Titanic. This is just something that we hear in the history books, and but it changed it. It it affects their family. It, it affects their their Don't, life. And exactly, I'm not, and we're not giving. I'm just, yeah, I'm that's saying, not a spoiler. Um, they cover the war, First um, World War. Yeah. Um, the Irish Rebellion. Yeah, and, I mean, it really is. It really is incredible. Now, this is what I loved about it. You know, it's things we don't think about, right? But the introduction of electric light. And the telephone. The telephone. The gramophone. Yep. Uh, and how those were like brand new, wild and crazy outlier technology. You know, and, and it's like, yeah, I, re- I love how they just kind of bring that in. And, and showing the subtle change in society and also the 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 demise of that way of life of the aristocracy and the changing role of women in society i'm a history buff i i I mean i'm not great at remembering all of the things but i'm definitely fascinated by history and i know this is all fictional but it brings in but it ties in but it ties in and gives you an idea of how it might have been perceived by people in that time period so i love all of that i could not begin to tell you how much I love the music that they have for Downton Abbey. So much so that there's a, you have a playlist. I have a I have a soundtrack to Downton Abbey mm-hmm. and I listen to it all the time. When I first started watching Downton, I would come down to the office and for 9 hours straight I would listen to it on repeat in the background. It, it's in, it's just incredible. So that's another thing I love about the show and the one-liners you heard already mentioned. Telling you. The one-liners that they gave to Maggie Smith are worth watching in and of itself. Yes. And also, I love how when I'm watching Downton Abbey, I'm literally taken into another world. Uh, it's kind of like it's 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 a world free from distractions of modern technology and just how life is a slower pace and stuff like that. Now, now granted. Most of it is identifying with the 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 ease of life from the noble family, right? Uh, and but yet at the same time, it does give you a little bit of what life might have looked like for the people who were in lives of service. Mm-hmm. So the domestic part, uh, people that worked with them. So I, you know, it, it's an interesting world, and it really was. and it's kind of weird to think that that kind of world once existed, and. Anyway, and not really that long ago. Right. And of course, again, fictionalized story. So that, my friends, is what we love about Downton Abbey. And hands down, Stephanie and I both agree, Downton Abbey, from the first episode all the way to the last episode, best series on television ever written. Right. Ever. Ever. And here's the thing. I don't remember ever having, I don't remember ever watching an episode where we were like, like last night, we watched the um, mid-season star, um, premiere of, um, or the the re, the season came back from hiatus of Arrow. Yes. Okay. So whatever season we're in, four or whatever is it? Four, five? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, and we're watching, and we're like, I don't know. That's just. I don't know. It didn't have the it energy really didn't to have bring the, it back. Right. And and so we were just, I don't ever remember having that feeling about Downton. No. I mean, obviously, I'm still getting slack for calling season three of Lost Ho-Hum, but... But you were right. But I was right. And... Um, there was never a Ho-Hum episode of Downton Abbey. There was never an episode that felt, eh, that was just a filler, or I feel like they're setting it up for something else. Every episode had its own story to tell, even the ones that were in the middle of a greater arc. Yep. And so, I mean, and that's incredible storytelling. Yes, it is. That's all. I will tell you that for some more conservative 
type individuals, the very first episode does contain a scene that will probably be quite shocking and maybe turn some people off. I can tell you that while that storyline kind of is in the background throughout the entire series, that type of scene does not repeat itself. It's not like trying to sit down and watch House of Cards. Wow. Okay. So... (laughs) Anyway, just just know this. If you find the first episode, if there's one particular scene that Which, I was like, oh my gosh, that's pretty offensive to me, uh, then just know that it's worth right. sticking out for the for the re, for right. a couple more episodes and seeing if, if it clicks for you. And the interesting thing is, though, is I did go back because Stephanie and I have finished watching the the seventh season, we sixth or the sixth season, the final season. We we watched them all within two days, and. Um, and I will tell you, it was <laughs> the final season. It's brilliant. The best season of television ever. Hands down. I went back and started with season one, episode one. And I watched that first episode again. And I'm like, it's definitely, it, it definitely got better as it went along. And I remember the first time I loved that first episode. And right. I will say that the first episode now having seen it all is kind of weak. <laughs> But I don't remember well, having that feeling air, when I saw it. The actors grow in their character. They they know they know more who they who the character is. They they can build on that, and it it, it produces stronger everything. Right, everything. So Downton Abbey, if that Phenomenal. does, if we have not sold you on going and watching Downton Abbey, then I don't know what could possibly convince you right other than the fact that we have told you better than lost better than breaking bad better than any other television show we've ever seen together what, what was the other one we've watched lost and breaking bad and downton and something like we compared it to something else i don't know we and we watch a lot of television together <laughs> we do and, and a lot of great television that we love we're mm-hmm. just saying that downton abbey nothing's nothing has beat that one no all right so, Stephanie, next question that I have come up with. By the way, was that question the one that you had prepared an answer for? Yep. <laughs> Great. So, we'll see how this goes. What does success mean to you? I have no idea. That's your answer. I, I mean, that's my first answer. Okay. My, my first answer is I have no idea, but it means... I, I don't even know how to describe what it means to me. Okay. Like, I'm not even kidding. So, like, when you hear the word, he is such a success, or she is such a success, or she's successful. I think they're probably taking the word out of context. Well. <laughs> because I, I think that when people use it, they mean they're good at their job, or they accomplish something that is, I don't know. Remarkable. Remarkable. And they're wealthy. Right. And I think success is smaller than that, actually. Okay. I got out of bed today. (laughs) I'm a success. (laughs) I mean, I think that it can be so much simpler than the way it's normally used. Okay. Cool. So my favorite view or definition of success comes from a guy named Earl Nightingale. And he had an audio program that he released on a 45 RPM record back in the early days. And it was called The Strangest Secret. And by the way, you can get the MP3 of this recording for like 99 cents on Amazon. Or they turned it into an ebook also called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. There are two things that I got out of this, two quotes. One, he says that success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or an idea. And to paraphrase that and put it in regular language for today, success is basically moving, progressively moving towards and seeing a goal come into clarity. Or basically, it's working towards making a dream come true. So success isn't achieving the end result success is knowing the destination and progressively moving towards it okay okay so that's that's his definition of success and i really like that and i have adopted that for myself and when you have that when you have that definition of success he says this he says a success is anyone who is deliberately let's see here uh okay here's what it says 
A success is anyone who is doing deliberately a predetermined job because that's what he decided to do deliberately. That's too many big words. I know. Basically, success is doing what he. Somebody who's doing what they're doing because they deliberately chose to do so. Okay. Gotcha. So if you think about that, a, a person who's, let's just say the guy who collects the trash every week in front of our home. You know, he, he's driving around in that truck. If he is doing that because that is the job that he has deliberately chosen to do. Then he's a success. Then he is successful at what he's doing in his life. Right. That, you know, for but whatever. But it's not just about work. Right. It, it, it's not just work. So it's, it's not there. It, so basically, how, give me another area of life. Parenting. Parenting. All right. So you're a success if you're doing things as a parent. Because you deliberately chose to do them. So we might look at somebody who... So my end goal is to have morally responsible, self-sustaining adults. Yes. When they're done. That, that That's the end game here, right? Yes. Okay. We're raising adults, not children. Exactly. We're not raising children. We're not raising... We are not that's raising children. That's the problem children. with society today is, <laughs> is too many not? people are raising children. Is, is it not? Let me tell you, I've spent enough time in the high school with my with my two high schoolers. That That is a problem today. We are raising adults. The first time that I said that to Megan in front of a group of her friends was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I took her to the doctor yesterday and I made her go in to describe her symptoms by herself. I'm like, look, I, I'm not always going to be here to take you to the doctor. You're big enough to tell her what's wrong. Run along now. I'll be right here when you're done. I'm like, so, um, but so, so that's the end game. Right. The end game is to have, so anything that I do moving toward that end goal deliberately is a success in that area. Right. And so when I think about parenting, there might be a situation where on the outside, you look at a, let's just say you see a a mom and she doesn't seem that all involved with her kids. She's out running here. She's out running there. She's out doing this. She's out doing this. And from the outside, other people might look and say, she's not a really great mom. You know, she should be there for those kids. She shouldn't be out doing this and stuff like that. But what we don't know is what's going on. What, why what else is, is going on? What right. else is going on in her life? What circumstances are there that maybe she has an intentional reason for deber- deliberately choosing to be over here and work at this job and work at this job and work at this job? Because as a parent, she feels called to do these things because that in her mind is what it's going to take to be able to provide for her family the way that she feels called to do it. And as a result, because she is doing what she deliberately chose to do, she is a she is a success. Right. Anyway, I like that. You lost me in that story, but I think I know what you're I'm saying. I'm just saying that, that yeah. yeah. I'll give you an example. Of course, I, you know, a lot of things just come back to work for me. So They I, are my work. I had they some, are what I do. Right. So. So for me, I we did an episode two weeks ago. We talked about this decision back and mm-hmm. forth, right? And and I put that out in a in a two part series called the Year of Identity Part One and Part Two. And I was sharing this identity crisis, and this is what I almost decided to do, and this is what I decided to do. And there's this one guy who listened to it, and he created an entire podcast episode in response. And he says, "This is what I this is the advice that I would give Cliff if he was my coaching client." And he gave some really wonderful advice. Um, and, and what I can tell you is one of the things he said, he goes, Cliff, let's talk about your weaknesses. Uh, and one of the things is, is that you really suck at marketing. And here's why. And he, he, did, he gave all of this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I, I liked everything that you shared in your episode while I... Don't necessarily know that I agree that the future that you suggest is the future that, you know, would be a success for me uh, because it, it's not necessarily in line with what I I have in a view for my, my future for this business right now. But I, I'm willing to be open to that. I haven't been up to this point and that's been intentional. But I cannot accept the feedback that I am I am a failure at marketing or that I suck. At, I mean, his words were, mm-hmm. you suck at marketing. And he says, I'm sorry, there's no other way to put it. And by the way, there is another way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. But anyway, he says, there's no other way to put it. Cliff, and he said it again, you suck at marketing because you don't do this. You don't have this. You're not promoting your mailing list in this way and all this other stuff. It's like, 
here's the deal. From your perspective, I can see where you think that. But I will tell you that everything that I have done has been intentional and weighed heavily. And I believe myself to be a huge success. Or not done. Or exactly. Right. What I've chosen to do and not do has all been intentional up to this point. I mean, I have people who are multimillionaires in my life who are my business advisors and close personal confidants. And trust me, the advice that this friend gave me, including his advice for Mark, how I could be a better marketer. I've gotten that advice. I have the ability to do all of those things. I have the knowledge of all of those things. I've intentionally chosen not to pursue that path up to this point. So in my mind, I have achieved, I have been successful and I am a success in marketing. I believe I am an incredibly successful marketer. I've just chosen not to tap into the full potential that could lead me down to a path that I'm not quite convinced I want to go down. Right. So that that's the whole perspective. So in his mind, Cliff is not a success. In my mind, I think of it this way. I have a relatively, compared to other internet marketers, I have a relatively small mailing list. I don't do my mailing list the way that most marketers do that has been proven statistically to provide greater financial results. But what I can tell you is that every single financial goal I've ever had for myself, I have achieved as the result of the mailing list that I do have. Mm-hmm. And so that's success. So anyway, that that's, I, I felt that, yeah. So we're on the same page on that. Okay. Cool? Yep. All right. Next question. Are you, you okay with these? Yep. All right. What do you think our daily life will look like when our kids are grown and it's just us? I have no idea. You're going to say that to every single one of these questions. I am because I told you I did have an answer. I don't, I honestly don't know. This is something I have tried to think about. Okay. I and, have tried to think about And this. when you have tried to think about it, what kind of thought I comes come to your mind? I come up with a big fat blank. I don't really? know. Yeah. I don't know. And here's the thing. You will be doing whatever you do in business. You will be coaching or you will be public speaking or you will be doing both and whatever. I'll have more freedom to travel with you when you travel, but they are my job. They are what I do. And so to think, what am I going to be doing when they're gone? I don't know. I don't know. Now, you alluded to in the wild hair episode Mm -hmm. that you do have some kind of inkling. I do, but I don't know where I'll be in that. I know. And you don't need to know where you'll be, but can you dream about the possibilities? Sometimes. And, and when you sometimes are given the opportunity to dream, just just hyperventilate and fear and crawl in a hole. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But what is that vision? I, uh, that's all I want to know. And, and it's compl- mine. It, it, it's mine. You don't want to share. I don't. Okay. Last time I shared a crazy idea with you, you told me I couldn't do it. So what? What? I just told you I had a crazy idea for a workout goal in February and you totally <sighs> shot me down. I Why did. would I want to tell you my when my kids are gone I goals? did not completely shut you down. Yeah, you did. No, I did not. Okay. We'll let you hold on to that. <laughs> I told you at the end of it. Forget everything I said because my mastermind group, or at least one person in my mastermind group, and and two or three people agreed that when I told them I was going to work out six days a week, Aren't there every only, week. Doesn't that only leave like one other person besides yourself? There, there are six in our group. <laughs> there are six total in our group. So there are about two so, people. So two other than yourself. Yeah. I got it. It's a 50-50 split. It, it was a 50-50 split. But one person said, when I said, I'm going to work out six Those days a week. Those poor guys, they do all get lumped together. They do. Because I lumped them together. Um, two weeks was that two weeks ago? Yeah. When 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 did that? I I kind of like threw them all into one pot and set it on fire and watched it boil. When one of them rightfully didn't belong to be there. Exactly. And I knew that going in, but I I it's kind of like when you say all men are stupid or <laughs> all women are crazy. Like you just kind of all got thrown in together. And you mean my my let's mess with Stephanie group? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I threw them all in a pot and set it on fire. That was good. I like you like that. I did. Awesome. Sometimes things just come out. Anyway, so when I told my group that I'm going to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life, I'm like, one of them says, I don't know about that, Cliff. That seems like you're setting yourself for potential failure. If you don't live up to it, you're going to potentially do this. And somebody else agreed. And 
And I'm like, yeah, afraid not, guys. <laughs> I'm doing this one. And I, what did I do? I, you I, went, did it. I did it. And so I told you, and by the way, we're referring to a conversation last night. Stephanie told me what her goal was. It was Tuesday because we were on our way home from yeah, the gym. It was Tuesday night. And I told you that, and, I, and here's the deal. I have not made it. I said, it popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, I was like, huh, I wonder if I could do that. And and so I mentioned it to you. I'm like, I've had this crazy idea. Haven't committed to it. Don't know if I'm going to commit to it, but it's kind of crazy. And, and I want to say it out loud to someone else. And so I said it out loud and you're like, I don't know. Maybe you should try to do this or maybe you should. I'm like, I didn't ask, but Well, share what going. it is real quick. No. No, why not? Because. Because you haven't committed. I mean, it's not like you're. It's mine. Okay. Fine. I will share it when I'm ready. Okay. But and, and but what I said. Is oh, that, and then I had the whole uh, after like you totally. Sh- I'm like, you're going to be gone all of February. <laughs> anyway, I can do it with you, you even here. <laughs> I did not shoot it down. I did the same. I love th- that you think that you didn't shoot I it down. I didn't shoot it down because I, I basically I realized it's like, wait a second. I am saying to you the same thing that that one person in my mastermind group said to me. And I'm telling you to prove me wrong. OK, do what I did and do it anyway. Yes, it is a crazy, it is a crazy, outlandish, over obsessive, outrageous goal that ho- almost no one in this world could live up to for 25 days for 25 days because I and would take a, there, there are 29 days in February this month or this year. I would take a rest day each week, yeah. meaning that it would be a 25 yeah. Day goal and and I told you that that it basically and I believe that almost nobody would live up to that. But here's the thing: you're not everyone else. No, I'm not. Mine was crazy. Mine is still Keep crazy. Keep telling me I can't do it. You want me to, don't you? I do. Right, I tell you what: why don't you tell people what it is and see how you feel? Nope. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll move on. So um, here's what I thought when I wrote this. When okay. I when I wrote down some thoughts here. Um. So, the, by the way, the question, if anybody forgot, is what do you, you think our daily life... What? Nothing. You just cracked me up with your little pre-ready-to-go answers over there. Why? Well, I, I wanted to come to the table prepared to answer these. This is great. We're having dialogue. I'm prepared to answer. I, <laughs> even though my first answer is I don't know every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, what do you think our daily life will look like when our kids are grown and out of the house and it's just us? So, I wrote down the first thing. I believe that I'm actually going to miss our having our kids in our home. I'm, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, incredibly. there's a couple of them that say they're never leaving. Yeah, that's not true. I know. As much as I'm going to miss them, they're out the door. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, though. I, I do. You know what? What? I can't wait to be a grandma. Yeah? Like, I'm not even kidding. Someone that I can I can totally love on and spoil and and do rotten things to and then send them home because because the raising the morally responsible adult is no longer my job. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. The end game is not on me anymore. Yes. Yes. You're going to make a great grandmother. Thank you. So, um, I, I, I know I'm going to miss some, I'm, there are going to be, I'm there. I remember in the early days of this business when Megan was on the other side in our old home, Megan was on the other side of the wall Mm -hmm. and how many times, you know, she would have her music on and I'm like, ah, you know, and all this other stuff. And, I just know that there's going to be a day when it's just me and you in this house and it's going to be so quiet. It's going to be quiet. And the quiet is going to be sad. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Because I, 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 now the quiet is happy. You're like, oh, wow. I know. There's nothing. Or th- sometimes when it's not quiet, it's like, I wish it was quiet. But I know there's going to be a day when I miss that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I believe that I'm going, I, right now, at where I am today, I believe that I'm going to regret that I didn't take more opportunities to spend time with the kids while yeah, but you could start right now and fix that already I, and i have been this yeah. is this is something i progressively have been getting better at okay but i still have a lot th- this is one area of my life that i that i still need to to work on you know my my kids are here a lot and i i just i i wish i would stop in and and hang out with them in their rooms more mm-hmm. and and i say i wish i i, I that's something i I want to do. In fact, we're going to get to another question here shortly, and and that's going to be one of my answers. 
So anyway, um, I hope to be at a place in my business where I'll be more free to have afternoon lunches with you. I'm already there, really. Yeah. So I envision that you and right now your day is a lot of traveling related to getting them to places. Mm-hmm. I see the potential of you and I, you and I together having more opportunities to do things together during the, the during the day and throughout the week. Right. Um, I, I see us spending you know, not all of our time together. I think you'll still have your interests and things going on. I'll have my stuff, but I see us having, enjoying a lot more quality time together, which will be fun. And I think it's possible that we will, you you mentioned it, you'll probably travel with me a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. Not that you'll go everywhere I go, Mm -hmm. but you know, if, if the kids weren't here, if the kids were adults right now, you'd be going to New Zealand in two weeks with me. Right. Right. Yep. So I see a little bit more of that. And so, yeah, that's that's what I wrote. So I I envision that. But I I don't want to say I didn't want to give any answer that makes it appear that, wow, I'm looking forward to when our kids are gone so that I have more time with you because that's not because that's not it. I don't want to rush this. Um, When when we finished the term um, for Christmas break, Megan came home and she's like, wow, I have five semesters of high school left. And, and she's right. She, you know, if you want to break it, she's got five semesters. She's got two first days of school left. I mean, Matthew has three. It really does go so fast. And I don't want to rush that because with those oldest two, we are nearly finished. You know, it, it, it is coming to the end. And I don't want to rush that at all. But there are, there are times when I'm like, it will be completely different. Yeah. And I don't understand what that looks like. And I just had a thought that I am so totally filtering right now because I cannot share it out loud regarding my own parents. <laughs> nice. All righty. And I only say that because I know my mom listens. Awesome. She'll figure it out. Yep. All right. So in what way would you like to grow this year? <laughs> Not horizontally. <laughs> Hey, but that is better than I don't know. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind growing vertically, but I stopped doing that when I was 10. Um, I don't, I honestly, what way do I want to grow this year? Um, Emotionally, professionally, um, um, physically, I mean, anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Emotionally, I feel good. Okay. Um. Physically, I feel good. Okay. Mentally, I feel mostly good. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is all I'm ever going to get. Think so? It's all I'm ever going to get. Um, is pretty good there. Um, honestly, if I have to say, I'd have to say, um, I, I need to grow spiritually this year. I think I have not made it a priority for too long. Okay. Yeah. What does that look like for you? I don't know yet. I, d- I don't know yet. Um, I think I'm going to start with the... Um, I'm going to reread... Uh, what's the name of the book? I've read it before. I absolutely love this book by um, John Eldridge about the personality of Jesus as a man. And it's phenomenal. Because he's real and, you know, and um, I, I want to start there. Okay. I, wa- I want to start there and connect with Jesus as a man, which I know because I've done it before, which I know will then help me feel more connected. Can I recommend a book for you that you don't have to read, obviously? Sure. But um, I think that when you hear it, you'll hear his actual voice. But I would recommend that you read A Renegade's Guide to God by Dr. David okay. Foster. Yeah, that's always been on my list and I, I have not read it yet. Do we, have, we don't have a paper copy, do we? We don't, but I can get, <laughs> I'll get it for you. I'd I, probably, I'll probably read it. Um, it's, it's in our Kindle library, but I will get you, I will go to the Amazon. I will buy you the physical book of it. No, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have it on my iPad. That way it'll go with me everywhere. Is it already in the library? It is. Right? Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. put it on my just, I'll put it in my- just search the library, the cloud library, and it's there. It's called A Renegade's Guide to God. 
by Dr. David Foster. It is incredible. And it's very much in line with, right. with the Oh, I, the oh I know, I know. I think that, um, I think the, I think meeting and knowing David and Paula Foster were the first time that I knew that it was okay to feel the way that I felt. Yeah. Me too. So. And it, and if yeah. you finish that book and you love that, then there's another book I would recommend. <laughs> okay. Let it's, me get one at a time. <laughs> okay. But if anybody's interested in what that other book is, it's called Three Free Sins. I've started that. That one was a rough start for me. Was it? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. you, I, here, I, I know that Renegade's Guide to God oh, will no, not be a rough start. Oh, no, because it'll be like having a conversation I'm, with David. You, I know it. it it's funny. It, 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 I literally felt like I was reading a letter from David to me, and I was hearing his voice when right. I read the words. Right. So. And he was still living. And No. When you w- read it? When I read no? it. He, no, he. You I, didn't read it while he was. No, no? He, okay. he sent it to me. Oh, I know. You've he, had it forever. Yeah. So so when he was living, he he actually, he says, hey, Cliff, you know, I, I, he just sent it to, it's like Amazon email mm-hmm. me. You know, Do- Dr. David Foster has sent you this, you know, a digital copy of the, this book. He's purchased this as a gift for you. And it, and I never got around to reading it. It wasn't until after he had passed that, that I actually read okay. it. It was like a year and a half after he passed. That's and funny. It was crazy. Um, I think I've shared this story here before, but um, you often go back and listen to um, David's old podcasts. Mm-hmm, I do. Okay, and um, so there was one I we we lived here, so it's been in the last nineteen months. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, and you went to bed before I did, and when I come up the stairs, I can hear something coming from our room, like you're watching TV or, or listening to something. And it sounds familiar as I'm walking through the hallway. Okay. And I open our bedroom door and I'm not kidding you. I had the spookiest feeling because it sounded like someone was in the room with you. All right. Yeah. And I recognize that voice. I know that voice. And um, so what had happened I I felt like there was a ghost in our bedroom, but what had happened when you had fallen asleep listening to David's podcast. And so when I came upstairs to go to bed, he was just speaking into our bedroom and it was, it was like the weirdest thing ever, but, um, but also the coolest. So yeah. Anyway, so I'll read, I'll read Renegade's guide to God. Awesome. That is, I I might read that first because it'll be new content that I have not read. So. All right, so so how do I desire to grow this year? Mm-hmm. I have three d- different things that I've written down. One, I want to improve my skills as an actual coach. Okay. I, I mean, I've been coaching people just, but without formal training on the coaching process. I want to come up with some principles and techniques of coaching that have been tried and true to help people move along in a very predictable way. Okay. So rather than just like encouraging them and inspiring them, I want to, I want to help, I want to learn how to technically bring people through a process and develop those processes. Um, Number two, I want to improve my skills as a facilitator. And that's completely different than a coach. A a facilitator is one who helps uh, move, helps create an environment and make sure that the environment is rich where everyone is allowed to bring value to the table where I'm not the one who's actually bringing all the value. Right. So I want to be, I want to improve my skills as a facilitator. And number three, I want to grow in the area of becoming the father that I feel God wants me to be. So I feel like, I feel like I've been working a great deal on becoming the business person that God has created me to be uh, as, as far as the healthy and fit person that God wants me to be. Uh, the husband that God wants me to be. I feel like I've made some great progress. I feel like I've made progress in being the dad that God wants me to be. But in all the areas of my life, that's the one I feel like I need the most growth in this point. At this point, okay. So, and and a lot of it is, you know, I I I, I don't want to do. I don't want to create a formula. A t- I don't want to put it on my to do list. Right. Uh, stop in and spend well, forty five minutes with. Well, because then it becomes a checkoff and exactly. not and not organic um, relationship growth. Exactly. Alrighty, and so final question. We have four minutes left, and what I- what image of God do you want our children to have when they grow up? Figure we'll end on an easy one. <laughs> on an easy one, <laughs> you're funny. Um, a real one. I I can't answer this question 
right now? Just say, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know. So that's not correct. I just can't. You can. You have it. You're, you're thinking about the words to form. Okay. I'm thinking about the words to form. Would you like me to share mine and see how they align with I'm yours? I'm sure they do, but go ahead. All right. So here's what I wrote. Number one, I want our kids to know that God is madly in love with them and that he desires nothing but great things for them and their lives. Okay. I want them to understand that they do not have to do anything to earn God's love and that nothing that they do or say can make God withhold his love from them. Right. I want them I want them to avoid the mindset that God is this. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for right. goodness sake. He's I not Santa Claus. He's not Santa Claus. And he's not keeping a list and checking it twice. So you better watch out who's naughty and nice. Right. That's not God. No, I'm naughty. He that's, still loves me. That's the mindset of God that I had <laughs> until uh, two, September 2011. No comment. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm naughty. He still loves me. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Just like you. Just like they me. They can turn out just like you and he'd still love them. Exactly. Right. So That's what you just said to me. <laughs> and and I, I meant every word of it. Yep. And just like me too. Yes, I know. So absolutely. And then I want our kids to grow up with an ever deepening understanding. I want them to grow in the, their understanding of just how much God loves them. And that through that relationship, they'll desire the things that he desires for them to have in their lives, to do the things that he would desire for them and not to do the things that he would desire that they not do. But it's actually that love and an understanding of that love that compels them. Not, I, I don't want them to see living God's rules to gain his pleasure or his, his approval or to avoid his punishment. Because that's the, that's the God I grew up with, and it's not the God I know today. Can you say that again? Okay. So basically, I don't want them to see avoiding sin as as avoiding punishment. Okay. I don't want them to, to do the right things okay, and avoid the wrong things because they feel like if they do the wrong things, God's going to punish them. Right. But I'll also want to them to understand that um, sin comes with consequences. Yeah. And I'm But it, those con- it, those consequences aren't necessarily saying it, it is right. those consequences are natural and But a consequence is never losing God's love. That that's never a consequence. That's never a consequence. And and the consequence isn't well God has given you cancer because right. you stole a nickel out of the cookie jar. Okay, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> oh, but it does. That, that doesn't make does. sense. But if you want to say your teenager is out having sex and they come home pregnant, that is a consequence of that. That That is a consequence but, but, that you have to deal with, right, that but you have God to grow from. But God didn't punish you by that pregnancy. No, but it. I'm not, God didn't I'm not give even you that talking STD. about punishment. I'm talking about yes, consequence. I know. but Because there, are, there is, a, that's what I want them to know the difference between punishment and consequence. Yeah. There, like there when are, you tell your mother that sweeping the kitchen floor is a woman's job, by golly, you will sweep the kitchen floor for the next month. Yes. Yes. Boys, don't say that to your mom. Don't ever say that to your mom. Especially not if your mom's name's Stephanie. <laughs> she won't like it very much. No. That was that was an interesting. That was a that was a growing experience for our son. It was. He's never labeled women and men's jobs again. Yep. In <laughs> front of me. <laughs> so anyway, that, that I, that's what I want. I want I, I want our kids to grow up with a different understanding. I want them to live free from the performance based Christianity yeah. message that we grew up with. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Awesome. So there you go. Those are five questions that I prepared. Now, would you say that this episode, I would rate this episode a 10. Right. Maybe I was a little long-winded in the opening of this episode explaining how when this episode was. When are you never was... not long-winded? Yeah. I know. I know when you're not long-winded. When I cut you off. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. Shut up. You're being too long-winded. But I, I feel a lot better about this episode. Do this you like better. this format? This is fine. Because I have lots more of these kinds of as questions. As long as you can send them to me and I can read them and then I can still come and answer them. Is No, I sent them to you yesterday. Is and that long enough? I got them enough? last night, yeah. Is that long mm-hmm. enough? 
Yep. Okay. Because I and, have... and I did think on that. I mean, I did. I did think about them. Good. Awesome. I enjoyed this episode immensely. Uh, this is every bit as good as two weeks ago, and I don't feel like it was manufactured. Although I think it was well prepared as far as having valuable topics to have conversation about. I think one week I need to come up with the questions and then yes. come in and not send them to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to do that next week? week? No, not next week. Will, I have to come up with the questions first. All right. Cool. Yep. Well, there you go, my friends. That's going to... Before we go, Becky wants to know how was your birthday? Oh, my birthday was wonderful. I'm 43. I, you know, it's a normal day. Um, it. I mean, what? Nothing. I, I, but I, yeah. I, I, it was a normal day and Stephanie fixed me dinner last night. Um, it, you know, just like any other day there, it, I really was it wasn't you a want perfect Chipotle. day. <laughs> Why was you wanting Chipotle? I didn't want, I enjoyed it once it was made, but I did not want what you wanted. Ah. So, but it wasn't my birthday. Did you hear Matt last night? He says he would love beef and scallions. <laughs> I'm going to, do you have that recipe? I'm sure I still have it. I, I want to make, I want to make beef and scallions just for me and Matt one night. Okay. The girls and I will leave. Okay. For Matt and smelling. I. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Family from the Heart. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know in the comments. Head over to familyfromtheheart.com uh, and look for episode number 346 and tell us that you enjoyed this format. But whether you enjoyed it or not, I, I enjoyed it. And so we're probably going to do this again next week. Probably. Uh, and by the way, we will be here next week, I believe, right? Yes. Um, yeah, we'll be here next week. And but then, then we the... will have three weeks off. Right. Because I will be gone. Yes, you will. And uh, just a reminder. But uh, we will be here next week. So tune in then. If you guys want to join us live, uh, we typically start somewhere around 10 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time on Thursdays on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. Until next time, we encourage you to live your life on purpose.